What is a horseshoe? What does a horseshoe do? Are there any horse socks? Is anybody listening to me? Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today we're going to be talking about the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. Later on in this episode, I'll be speaking with Ryan Foos of Fooser Sports Design. And of course, Dan Simon is going to be here with a presidential-themed Studio Simon Stumper. Right now, I'm so happy to be joined for the first time on this podcast by Jamie Toole, whose title is awesome. Jamie's title is Chief Storyteller for the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me. Paul, thank you guys for having me, man. This is awesome. Well, this is this brand is is so much fun. There's a lot to unpack here. You've got so much going on. So you're in your second season now as the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. How has the reception been? What's uh, what's what is what's the Springfield fan base thinking about the new the new brand? I, I tell you, Paul, it's been amazing. I, you know, I think uh, one of the things I've heard someone to say is that you can't fake authenticity. Mm. And I think a brand, uh, certainly a minor league team, should um, feel like that hometown that hometown flavor, that hometown feel. And if you're in Springfield, you know about the horseshoe. Now the rest of the country just assumes that it's probably just a horseshoe, like a like a horse's shoe. <laughs> but they have this amazing open face sandwich here, and it's sort of one of those things. If you know, you know. Uh, and then certainly the lucky is uh, tied into the lucky penny and, and Lincoln and the history here. Um, it's been amazing uh, the reception. We sold merchandise in all fifty states, and we continued uh, to grow the brand. I think that's one of the cool things with a minor league operation is the brand is sort of always uh, changing and moving and growing. And it's like having a, a child, right? Having a baby. So <laughs> you foster it a little bit, you feed it. And then as it grows, it gets in different directions. And uh, But it's been a, a really spectacular year and a half here with the Lucky Horseshoes in Springfield. Well, like I said, there's, there's, a, there's a fair amount to unpack here. So I'm just going to start with the, the primary brand is, uh, is a round L. You've got a, an anthropomorphic horseshoe character who is grimacing and holding a baseball bat except the baseball bat is also a french fry and there's cheese dip, dripping off the end of it so just in in the primary logo alone it's if you're the chief storyteller it sounds like there's a lot of stories to tell there let's start with the horseshoe what is the significance of the horseshoe to springfield illinois well, the horseshoe, uh, the lure is this is the open face sandwich that was founded here in Springfield uh, years and years ago. The, the, the years sort of change based on who you hear the story from. But most every restaurant in our community has a version or a variation of the horseshoe sandwich. Now, it's debatable whether this thing is a sandwich or not, Paul, but really what it is is Texas toast, some sort of uh, meat, so like a, like a, uh, I like the buffalo chicken. That's my favorite, but pork tenderloin, hamburger meat. It's topped with French fries and all that's topped with cheese all over it. So it's like this mountain of food and calories um, and carbs, but uh, it's sort of a part <laughs> of the DNA. Um, you know, Midwesterners, we love our food and that the, the horseshoe is a staple to, to Springfield, Illinois, for sure. So the, the logo tries to embrace and tell that story of uh, the, the French fry bat is one of my favorites. 
uh, Ryan Foose, who, who's our designer and our partner uh, on a daily basis. So we're always growing this thing and moving it. And he just did an exceptional um, design early on. And, and when we saw it, man, we fell in love. We felt like that was telling the story of where we wanted this club and franchise to be ingrained in the community. Uh, the cheese dripping, dripping off the bat is just so appropriate if you ever get a chance to get to Springfield and have yourself a horseshoe. So I feel like this brand is is like an escape room because I feel like every every time you get a clue, it it leads to another clue. And then, you know, then you go find that one. So you mentioned, you know, we have a literal horseshoe or a, or a horseshoe character anyhow in this primary brand. Uh, that obviously is a reference to this sandwich. But then you also have uh, one of the logos in this suite, and it's there are a lot of logos in this suite. One of the logos in this suite is the sandwich itself. But it's not just the sandwich. The sandwich has some special characteristics about it as well. So there's a there's a version. There one of the logos, one of your secondary tertiary logos, yeah. is the sandwich. And I'm looking at it right now. It looks like just like a you know an, an angioplasty on a slice of bread. There's a little French fry flagpole with a flag with the letter S coming off it. S it for S is for Springfield, I assume. But What's special about this this sandwich logo that is going to be our next clue in the in the escape room of the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes brand? Well, it's it's my favorite logo uh, because it's so much fun. The kids love it. But that that uh, horseshoe sandwich logo is shaped in the in the shape of the Capitol Dome, and the spring in Springfield is the capital city of the state of Illinois. And if you ever see the Capitol, it's just such a landmark, uh, treasured monument here in our community in our state. And, uh, you know, when Ryan Foose was designing it and was able to put that thing together with the flag on top, it really just hit home. And um, it's it's amazing to me how many people once once they figure out, oh, that's the Capitol Dome. Oh, OK, it's sort of all clicks. It's, it's sort of like your escape room analogy is very similar. Oh, this is what it's meant to be. OK, great. Uh, and they navigate to that one. Uh, that that to me is one of the more fun uh, logos and versions of the brand that we offer uh, so the state capitol, very, very important. Um, but that horseshoe in the shape of the Capitol Dome is really, really cool. And again, probably my my favorite in the logo suite. That is a it is a great Easter egg for this logo. The uh, the fact that the sandwich is shaped like the Capitol building. I mean, that's a that's a that's a, and this is what I mean when I say, the, you know, there's just layers and layers and layers to these stories, not the least of which is. You know, people associate horseshoes with luck and, you know, you turn them up to keep the luck in and turn them down and, you know, that's unlucky. But there's another connection to luck and this brand that has to do with a certain president of the United States. Where does lucky come from outside just the fact that horseshoes are lucky? Well, I think it's a reference to the lucky penny and uh, Abe Lincoln is on the penny. And Abe Lincoln is such a treasured, uh, you know, figure in our community here in Springfield, the uh, you know, arguably the most popular president in history um, and just such a, a cool experience. The presidential library is here. Uh, Lincoln's tomb is here. A lot of folks come and they actually rub Lincoln's nose uh, at his tomb for good luck. Now, it could be debated whether Lincoln was super lucky uh, or not. <laughs> you know, he had a, some challenges in office and, of course, you know, you know, being assassinated. But what a what a great life that he led uh, is in the professional wrestling hall of fame, which is kind of cool, a little side note there. Uh, but we needed to engage Lincoln in some capacity. Uh, there's a little Lincoln fatigue here from folks that grow up and live in Springfield, you know, it's in your face and sort of all over, but 
we certainly wanted to bring that into the story as folks that submitted uh, name recommendations uh, that was relevant across the board. There was some version of Lincoln or Pennies or something along those lines. So uh, yeah, Lincoln is a very important piece. And we have one logo just of the penny, uh, which I think is super cool too. And who knows, maybe we'll have our own currency here coming up soon. That might be one of the, the forecasts that's coming out of this podcast. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay, that's a, that'll be an interesting line of questioning there. By the way, have you have you gone there? Have you rubbed the nose of Lincoln's uh, statue at his tomb? Absolutely. Day one of our press conference when we introduced the new ownership group, we went right over there and rubbed the nose, got photos of it. And uh, absolutely, I'm all for, you know, being around sports uh uh, superstitious and good luck. I'll take all the luck we can get. So uh, we have definitely all as a staff going over and done that. First of all, I'm a big believer in superstitions as well, right? Like I know logically that the shirt that I wear does not have any bearing on whether the Phillies win the game, <laughs> but I'm not going to wear this, the unlucky shirt. I'm just not going to do it because they'll lose if I do. It's like, you know, I, I know that in my heart. Uh, so like I said, this, you know, this layer, this connection, the the next clue in the escape room here from the word lucky and the, you know, the, the connection to Lincoln and the lucky penny, there is a literal lucky penny of Lincoln holding a baseball bat on his shoulder. It's a it's a logo that evokes the penny, is almost literally a, a penny, but it says Springfield. It has the number 22 on it. Do you change that from year to year? Is it Does it say 23 now in the second season, or will it always say 22 because that was your founding year? Always 22, just to okay. keep it as our founding year to know where we came from. And again, I just credit Ryan Foos. We we wanted to have a lot of diversity in, in the brand because we felt like coming out of the gates, you know, if you like or you don't like one version or variation of a logo, uh, you know, hit or miss. But from a merchandise and a marketing perspective, we wanted to have a little ton of diversity. And I think we accomplished that. There's just a wider range of, of the Lincoln Penny is more traditional and simplistic, whereas the, the Capital Dome Horseshoe is just sort of in your face. And what is that whole colorful, cheesy thing? Uh, <laughs> so I think that was the key. And, and again, telling that story through the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, hitting home to Springfield. Uh, I think the majority of the country would probably think Chicago is the capital city of Illinois, but mm -hmm. you know Springfield is and very relevant uh, in our state. Um, and the horseshoe sandwich, true to our community, Abe Lincoln, uh, buried right here and was a Springfield resident. So, um, again, I, I couldn't be more pleased with the diversity. The Lincoln Penny is certainly a cool brand. I think we'll probably incorporate that more as we move forward. Uh, we do have it as a patch on the sleeve of our jersey. And then we have a sign right by our home dugout where the players can hit the Lincoln Penny before they go take some swings. And uh, so it's it's tied into our day to day uh, you know, promotional schedule as well. You mentioned I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the bait here. You mentioned we might have have some currency. The the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes might have their own currency. What does that mean? Well, I think it's fun. You know, obviously presidents are tied to currency in our in our country, and I think there's some fun opportunities. Uh, Lincoln is, uh, I believe, on the penny and the five dollar five dollar bill, but it would be you know cool. What if there was a seven dollar bill? You know, what if there was a different type of currency that we had here and Horseshoeville or whatever it, it may be. But I think that's probably one of the most fun things is to sort of talk about what's year three, what's year four or five as this thing grows. And, you know, currency is something that we want to, to bring into play at some point. Uh, and, and we always did. Once we saw that Lincoln Penny version of the brand, it was like this thing is screaming 
to be uh, some sort of currency? And and what if it were just a super large currency, you know, something like uh, where it's like really obnoxious and kids loved it and you maybe didn't even want to spend it. Maybe you just wanted to hold on to it as a collector's item, maybe as a piece of merchandise. So we're still navigating all that as we also monitor, you know, Apple Pay and all this fun stuff where we're doing a lot of digital currency. But I think there's some nostalgia in creating a new currency for the ballpark. And and certainly we have a recipe for that coming up in the future seasons. For the listener, uh, I laughed while Jamie was talking right now. I hope I can reveal this, Jamie. But Jamie sure. held up a, uh, a a gigantic Lincoln penny about the size of a hamburger patty, it looks like. And so it's a uh, it's a pretty, pretty good looking piece of currency. The other the other play on that for us, and, and I've always wanted to try to do this, is have a version of that coin. Uh, it could actually be real pennies with Lincoln that our players could actually wear their hats there'd be like a little sleeve for the lucky penny. And then maybe after the game, they would give that to kids or fans that, Hey, you know, I wanted to give you my penny tonight. And just, just that little thing that continues to grow the brand, but also grow the connection to the folks that are coming and supporting this team. And, you know, as a fan, I enjoy things like that. I enjoy special moments, things that mean, uh, why do they do this? What does that mean? And, and the notion of a player giving the penny out of his hat to a kid of the game just is super cool to me. Absolutely. And so you and I spoke back in February of 2022 before your first season for sportslogos.net. We included a number of the the brands. We've talked about most of them already. There are some more that sort of derive from or are versions of the ones we've talked about. There's some interlocking horseshoes that create the letter S. There's some script ones that evoke the the cheese. And then obviously there are just some some type-based logos that incorporate the horseshoes and whatnot. But the one that we haven't talked about and the one that is this is this is not part of the escape room because it doesn't seem like there's a, a direct connection to the primary logo here, but there's a a home plate with the area code 217 and then a and then a star. And so obviously the, the colors connect, but as a design element, it's it's a sort of separate logo, it's a separate style. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think again, it's sort of one of those things where year over year you may navigate towards using one version of the brand more to create that diversity in the merchandise. But we really wanted to bring in the 217, which is the area code here in central Illinois, because we wanted to, to be more of a regional team. Uh, Champaign, Peoria, central Illinois, Decatur. Uh, Peoria has a minor league uh, team, a Cardinals affiliate, but we wanted our, our region to sort of in, embrace this team. So the 217 area code, the home plate was that. And it's it's not on accident that it's on home plate, meaning your hometown team, your hometown region. Uh, those are on our Sunday blue jerseys as well on the sleeve, the 217. Uh, we wear the, the light blue jerseys with the drip shoes across the chest. And and you're, you're spot on. It's totally separate, really, other than the color scheme from the other versions. It's an interesting, you know, I mean, obviously, way back in the day, minor league teams would have a primary logo. A cap logo would sort of derive from that. And then there would be script. And that would be it, right? Like you'd have three marks. Yeah, it's interesting for me to see you all as, you know, a, a year and a half in typically when you see a team with as many different sort of versions of their brand that that you have, they accumulate them over the years. Right. But right. this was this was obviously an intentional choice to to launch the new brand already with, you know, different versions in play. 
I'm curious about the, you know, the intentionality of that approach. I wonder if there were, you know, were there, were there any brands that you were afraid were going to sort of get overlooked in that process? Or was it just like, Hey, here's the whole suite of, you know, all these different looks and all these different feels and just have at it world. Yeah. You know, I think we live in the, in the Netflix, Amazon world right now where choices are king, right? People want choices. They want to be, Oh, I like this. I don't like that. And you know, to your point, 20, 25 years ago, when teams would unveil, they do the primary logo, maybe a one alternate script, and that was sort of it, right? Yeah. And I would equate that to ABC, NBC, CBS. Like, okay, <laughs> right. there's your three channels. Which one do you want? Now, yeah. uh, society has moved in the direction of choices, and I want to be able to choose what I like. And, you know, there was certainly some conversation, should we sort of drip these things out over a period of time? But, but honestly, to me, it was about giving our fans a choice and letting them tell us, uh, hey, here's where we want this thing to go. And, and, and it's easy to see uh, how they choose which logos. Uh, all of them perform okay. The, the cheese drip shoe script is, is probably one on merchandise that performs really, really well. But yeah. you know, we, we, we thought the diversity was a big deal for us from a merchandise standpoint, from an engagement standpoint. And you know, I, I would have hate to just throw three out there and held back the one that was people's favorite. So uh, Ryan Foose did a great job. I, I love it. And, and I'll tell you, we'll, we'll continue to grow it and change and move. And we're already working on a few things that are a little bit different, a little tweak. And as we learn more about our community and the history of the state fairs here, there's so many things. How do you navigate the brand in that direction? And, you know, to, to like a lot of the other teams do these one-off nights where they play as a different team or a different brand and all that's still coming. We already have all the notes for 2024 and how does that make sense? And, and it's a, an election year. So maybe we mm -hmm. lean into that, you know, our, our mascot is Horus T shoe, Horus shoe. So he sounds like horseshoe and uh, maybe he's going to run for office and it'll be a whole campaign and that type of thing. Well, I've already kept you longer than I meant to, but I do have one more question for you which is, you know, a lot of times when, uh, you know, a, a minor league baseball team creates a, a brand and works with a high-end designer like Ryan Foos, there's the, an intention to market that on a national basis to people who may or may not ever actually come to a game. Some of these brands obviously are hyper-local, as you said, the home plate with the area code, the sandwich that evokes the Capitol building. But then obviously there's some that might have national appeal, especially when you're looking at Lincoln or just the whole notion of a lucky horseshoe. I mean, that could be, you know, that there's a, a more broad appeal to that. Have you found that there are certain brands that are more sort of national in their appeal and some that are more local? Absolutely. And and I think that's a part of the diversity. And, you know, I, I believe the story of Springfield, the story of Abraham Lincoln not just national, I believe it's a global story. And I believe if we tell the story right, we can have a global presence merchandise. And again, uh, we took the lead on some of the other summer wood bat teams that got really aggressive with their uh, Burlington sock puppets comes to mind. Uh, they got aggressive with the diversity in their brand. Um, and we wanted to go national and now we want to go international. So I think that's the key. And, and I, I believe there's millions of people that visit Springfield each year to come see Lincoln and, and tour the presidential library and visit the tomb. And, and, and the story of Abe Lincoln is, is a global story for, for us as a part of our community. And there's such a pride in people coming to Springfield to see that. 
Uh, we, we believe it can be a, a big, long-term, sustainable brand that is just starting to, to grow its appeal. And uh, also at this level, we're not tied in. I call it hamstrung by some of the licensing through mm -hmm. minor league baseball and major league baseball, where you have to use this vendor and you have to get 144 piece minimum. You know, right. we have the flexibility to do one-offs or 12, uh, a dozen of a shirt or a cap and just see and you know, your listeners can't see it, but I'm wearing the shoe Billy's brand right now. This is, you know, and, and the story of this and, you know, the, the brilliance is we had two new teams in our league. Uh, one was called the Rockabillies and one was called the Thrillbillies. So <laughs> we, we were Billy envious. So we, we created the shoe Billy's and, and you know, we rolled that out there. And that's just funny. last night I saw four or five fans rocking the shoe Billy's shirt. And that's, this is one we got, I think 24 t-shirts just to throw it out there and see what would happen. And uh, it, it's so much fun. You know, it's just such a fun thing, but I believe the decision should be made on what do the fans like and what do they want? They're going to help tell the story and and based on what they're telling us, that's the path that we'll continue to take. First of all, Shoebillies is hilarious. That's uh, <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, just such a hyper local jab, right? Like you said, you made a, a small number of them, but that's a. I mean, that's a really that's a really funny funny thing to do. I I lied to you. I said I had one more question, but I actually want to ask you too before I let you go about you all are are hosting a a summer ball summit, and it's going to be later on this year. What is the Summer Ball Summit? How can Curve Brim Media be involved? That's something that we're talking about here at Curve Brim Media. Uh, yeah. What what's that going to be? What's the what's the inspiration to create this Summer Ball Summit? Well, you know, I'm a long term minor league guy, and you know, my favorite event. A lot of people love the baseball winter meetings and the trade shows, pretty cool. But I love the minor league promotional seminar. I thought it was engaging. I thought it was sort of rubber meets the road, real time information that if I go to that event, I'm going to come back with four or five ideas that I can, they're going to help our operation immediately. So there's sort of a void right now. You know, I think MLB is trying to figure out what they're going to do with the minor leagues as the promotional seminar coming back. What does the baseball winter meetings look like? I don't think they had the trade show last year. And um, we hosted the prospect league fall meetings last year and, and had a blast doing it right here at the Abraham Lincoln double tree uh, Hilton in downtown Springfield. And then in our debriefing after that event, we thought, you know, we want to, we want to do something maybe more broader and, and more industry wide to summer college teams. And, you know, really any sports teams, affiliated teams, hockey teams, basketball, football. So the Summer Ball Summit came out of that as like, hey, there, there didn't seem to be one event that brought our industry together to, to talk about the ideas. Now, we don't want to talk about bats and balls and umpires and things like that. We want to talk about promotions and branding and logos and marketing and social media and, you know, how do we grow our, our fan bases and so forth. So that was the origin thought process with Summer Ball Summit. Uh, it's coming up October 16th to 18th here in Springfield. We're, we're thrilled to host it. Well. I don't know. That sounds super interesting to me. And uh, that I, I know that Ryan uh, created the, the branding for that as well. So I'll ask him about that here. So there's in addition to all these logos to talk about with the Lucky Horseshoes to to look at this Summer Ball Summit. I can I can promise you uh, you'll you'll be hearing from Curved Brim Media folks. Uh, you know the Dad Hat Chronicles, Baseball Bucket List, Earn Fun Average, uh, the Minor League Hat History Series, BaseballMapper.com. You know we're that's right up our alley and it's something that we'd be interested in in talking to you about. So uh, absolutely, man. We and we enjoy all your guys' platforms and you know you 
just appreciate what you do to sort of help tell that story to more broad audience because uh, there's so many creative people at these lower levels of baseball and I just I just love it because you have the flexibility and MLB in my in my own personal descriptions it continues to be a little stuffy and a little bit you know they I don't know that they know uh, the type of creativity they have their hands on now with minor league mm-hmm. and I, I see a lot of folks wanting to get into these summer wood bat leagues where you can sort of wear that creativity hat all day long and you can get back to how, how minor league baseball was 30 years ago it was there wasn't so much of the license and there wasn't so much of the restrictions and, and now you know to some degree you got big brother mlb looking over your shoulder everything you want to do has to go through a clearinghouse and with these summer wood bat teams there's just a lot more flexibility and creativity and we're, we're super stoked with the Summer Ball Summit because we want to learn, too. We don't want to just be these guys who think that, oh, we have all the answers. We don't. We don't. It's an evolving business. Uh, fans change. Uh, how you consume changes, uh, information, and so forth. Well, so this is the part of the podcast where I say, hey, where can people find you know your team online and where can people find? I'm going to ask you, how can people get involved with the Summer Ball Summit? Should they reach out directly to you? or And, and is it something that would be appropriate for minor league baseball fans to attend or is it mostly industry professionals? Yeah, I think anyone, you know, there's no restrictions to us. There's going to be some some sort of town hall type uh, format and there's going to be some presentations. There's There'll be some vendors but, you know, the fundamental philosophy is an idea exchange and, you know, the fans give the best feedback. So, uh, yeah, summerballsummit.com, uh, a website uh, is out and functional. I think the Summer Summit on Twitter, uh, all the social accounts, LinkedIn. Uh, so so engage that. Anybody that's listening, please, we'd love to have you. The more, the merrier. And uh, again, summerballsummit.com. And then anything shoes, brand related, shoesbaseball.com and at shoesbaseball on all of social platforms. Well, I can't wait to get out and catch a Shoe Billies game uh, in Springfield, Illinois at some point. <laughs> I can't stop laughing about that. Jamie, thank you so much. This was a blast to talk to you uh, about all of this and and best of luck planning the the summit. I appreciate uh, you taking time out of your morning. I kept you way longer than I said I was going to, but uh, but it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Paul. Appreciate everything that you guys do. Appreciate you, ha- appreciate you having us on talking about we always love talking about shoes baseball and the summer ball summit so we hope to see you there and uh, go shoes all right there you go go shoes thanks jamie all right everyone welcome back very pleased to be joined once again by ryan foos of fooser sports design who created the brand for the springfield lucky horseshoes or the many brands for the springfield lucky horseshoes ryan how's it going pretty good how are you paul I'm doing very well. Welcome back to Baseball by Design. Thanks again for for being here, taking time out of your schedule to talk about the work that you do. No, anytime, anytime. This is one that I think probably was a a unique challenge for a designer because I know that they they hit the ground running with a lot of – I mean, ultimately, from your perspective as a designer, this was really just multiple logos, right? Like this was not one specific – yeah, and we talked about this, Jamie and I talked about this, like normally a, a team will have a, a cap logo and a primary logo and then a few sort of peels, a few alternates. This is, there were a number of different marks that were, you know, some of them were related to one another, but they were, it was really, you know, at least four or five different marks that were all part of of one suite of logos. How do you, as a designer, how do you approach that from sort of a collective 
standpoint? And how do you approach each one of them individually as its own standalone logo? Yeah, I think it's one of those that it morphed into a truly a Springfield, Illinois brand mm-hmm. uh, that I think, unlike a lot of the other projects I work on, where it's this is the team name and here's our mascot and this is what we can work with. It was kind of uh, an overarching trying to fit a lot of things all in one. So mm-hmm. you have the lucky aspect. So there's a penny in the horseshoe itself, but then the actual horseshoe food item is brought into play as well. And um, I I think the biggest thing was making sure that they were really comfortable with the color palette. That was actually one of the big ones of, all right, the Navy in the light blue tying in kind of the Cardinals fans and there's different shades of yellow and copper. I think it looks really clean as a unit. And so everything that they do and they come back quite often and I obviously love working with them and, and talk to them on a daily basis because it's everything they do matches the brand. So maybe there's a little rivet that they that comes across or the little nail hole from the the horseshoe itself that comes across the secondary logos and and different things around the ballpark. There's obviously love of the cheese sauce that's on the food item itself. So it's a matter of trying to find, all right, here's logo or or brand A. How do we make sure that it at least ties together so it's not completely uh, random and hodgepodge that it feels like, oh, that's the cheese from there. And then here's the copper coming in for the lucky penny. And so it was a little bit of a tough task. Um, and they're one of those those teams that just loves promoting uh, and Jamie and, and crew do an awesome job of uh, I think they try to do new merch Mondays. So they're. They're doing a whole lot more than the average, I think, college ball team does. Uh, yeah. They're in that kind of top percentile of saying, hey, we want to continue to push our brand. And if we feel like there's a demographic that needs a certain hat or brand or or whatever, they're there for them. So when you look at the the sort of disparate brands here, they're different enough to be sort of standalone logos. I mean, each one of them could be sort of the foundation of its own sort of set of logos. But obviously, as part of an overarching brand, from from your perspective as a designer, what are the unifying elements there? Right, like is it was it a consistent use of type? Was it a consistent use of color? Uh, is there are there elements that you know I'm not thinking of there that sort of tie those together visually from from your standpoint? Yeah, so the when it was decided the name was going to be Lucky Horseshoes, uh, it was kind of this immediate play of to 99% of the country, a horseshoe is exactly what's on a hoof of a horse. It's upside down as you go into a house. It's it's one of those things. It's a lucky charm of sorts. So that was going to be a key component. But then to that 1% that lives in Springfield or comes from that Midwest region, and they know the sandwich and the food item, it became one of those things of we want to make it special for them. Uh, and so that's why instead of a baseball bat, it's a fry. And there's the kind of and a play on that, and I, there's a there is a horseshoe holding an actual baseball bat, but I don't think they've used it once yet. So that was the that was known that that was going to be the main primary logo that was going to be on the cap. Uh, I, th- I think we created the S, just a clean looking S. I don't think there's necessarily any kind of imagery based around it behind behind Springfield. Yeah. Um, and then the food 
Capitol building was that thought of, well, what's happening on our shoe Sunday or, or this specialty event and food is obviously super popular and it is the item itself. So that was kind of seen as a secondary and the, the lucky penny was kind of a throw in at the last minute. We were playing around with the idea of what happens if there's always a lucky penny on their shoulder and they rub it, or if it's on the hat eventually or whatever the case may be. So it ended up being, we know what the primary is, and now we want a specialty night right away to to kind of uh, celebrate the sandwich. And then it's, hey, here's this little thing that we always want to put our area code on the back of the hats, and here's the lucky penny we want to have players rub, and it becomes a tradition. So it ended up kind of just evolving of, instead of it looking as one brand, and here's a second and tertiary, it was one brand, and then how are these elements used for specific purposes, which is a little bit different than I think other teams might do. Yeah, absolutely. And an, an interesting challenge, probably a fun challenge for for you as a designer. You mentioned that the Lucky Penny was sort of a, a last second thought or, a, you know, a late addition. Was there one that was like just a real bear? Or was there one that just like that took a long time to, to come together or to get everyone on the same page? I'm assuming Jamie broke down the sandwich or, or you did with your their brilliant research, but <laughs> it's not aesthetically pleasing. Uh, I think the closest thing for those that don't know, it's probably like a garbage plate in Rochester type of feel. So it's a lot of stuff piled on a lot of stuff. And so how do you make that seem uh, a little bit cleaner? And so that's when the Capitol building came into play um, to kind of give it that local flair. But yeah, it's 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 a little tough because I think originally there was ideas of how do we do a Lincoln brand? Mm-hmm. Um but it, it becomes one of those things of everybody loves Lincoln. And there's probably a lot of teams that you talk about that the easy answer sometimes isn't the right answer because everybody kind of does it. Right. Um, like I think there's a junior hockey team that uses it. It's just, it's yeah. one of those things that it's, it's known as Lincoln land for a reason. So yeah, I think the horseshoe is kind of this evolution of let's have some fun with it while also trying to make it look aesthetically pleasing that people would actually want to wear this pile of, of cheese and meat and uh, fries on their, on their hat. We're having this uh, conversation actually right before dinner time right now. So it's uh, <laughs> that actually sounds really good to me as you're describing it right now. I'm curious to know, did you, as part of your research as a designer, did you, how many of those sandwiches did you eat? I have yet to have them. I had a poor man's version down here, which was, I don't think they called it a horseshoe sandwich, but it was pretty darn close. It was a, pretty much a open face Philly cheesesteak type of vibe, but uh, <laughs> I have yet to go. I'm looking forward to uh, this fall having my first official horseshoe. All right. I have to, I have to like uh, register my objection to the idea of an open face Philly cheesesteak sandwich. I know, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm wearing my Phillies t-shirt right now. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't even imagine what you just described. Uh, that's pretty funny. So you say, you say down here, uh, you're, you're in the Southeast, uh, you're in Florida. So obviously there's, you know, there's this connection to place. I mean, designing for minor league baseball connection to place is such a, is a huge, important deal. What goes into that for you when you really sit down like with pen and paper or, you know, if you do your sketches on the computer or whatever, how, how do you, you know, how do you go about evoking a sense of place through a a series of logos, especially a place like this that really has such a strong identifier to, you know, Lincoln himself? Yeah, I think there's a reliance on the team 
and the client itself. And it, it goes beyond sports and it, it could be a brewery or something else that project you're working on. But uh, I always tell whomever the client is to really talk to their customers and their consumer base and find out what they want, because it might very well have been, we, we throw lucky horseshoes out there and everybody in Springfield goes, this might be the dumbest thing we've ever seen. And luckily it's taken off locally. So that works yeah. out great. So a lot of research and just the talking to people and yeah. finding out little tidbits of, well, what if it was doing this and what if it was doing this um, and so I, I, I don't want to make it seem like it's this grandiose in-depth situation because it is at the end of the day, in this case, a horseshoe holding a fry. So <laughs> it's not as, it's not as, uh, in-depth, but I think for every project you want to add little details or little things that people feel as though they have some ownership of it. And that's the biggest key is making certain elements general enough that the population as a whole goes, I really like that logo. I want it, mm -hmm. uh, but then adding details that only if you're from central Illinois, in this case, would you understand exactly what it is. And it feels like they gain a little bit more pride because of it. The other interesting thing about this is that you see a lot of minor league teams doing food items as alternate brands. And obviously the Lucky Horseshoes have, you know, one of their suite of logos is, is this sandwich there, you know, the food item is part of the, the primary brand itself. Mm hmm. And it's sort of an interesting facet of this brand that that food item would be so important to to the, this place. I mean, you saw how I reacted when you mentioned the idea of an open-faced cheesesteak in Tampa, <laughs> Florida. Uh, <laughs> you know, food items, they are. They're important to the local community here. So mm -hmm. I'm surprised, you know, to be honest, I'm surprised that we don't see more food items as, as part of the the primary brands rather than these alternate brands. Yeah, and I, I think there was definitely a huge push uh, probably five or six years ago where it started to become more and more. Uh, Coastal Plains League, I feel like, has quite a few uh, that they went all in on the food. But it was a huge kind of conversation because Springfield Lucky Horseshoes is a very long name. And yes. so it was kind of one of those ideas of introduce yourself as Lucky Horseshoes. And then I think for the majority of this last two or so years, they just go by shoes. So locally, it's just like we're going to a shoes game and it works out perfectly. So uh, I think it was just a cultural standpoint. It's it's small town America. Uh, and it goes back to that. There's a lot of places that claim Lincoln and there's a, all that. Um, but there's only a certain place that has this one specific item. So I think it worked out well. In all of your research about Springfield's, have you determined which one is the uh, the Simpsons Springfield? This is not where the Springfield isotopes play, I assume. Yeah, I, I just did another project for Springfield, Missouri. Uh, oh, yeah? And then I had people from Springfield, Massachusetts and elsewhere going, where does this team play in town? And uh, it it's it's amazing. You, there's the the Madisons and the Springfields and there's there's certain cities that every state has one. Uh, I, I yeah, I'd not. 100% sure uh, which Springfield it is, but uh, I'm, I'm sure at some point we'll probably do a Simpsons knockoff, or at least I hope we do. So, I think Matt Groening even said one time that it was actually Springfield, Oregon, uh, that, you know, that was the Simpsons <laughs> one. So it's, but I don't I don't know if that's been uh, confirmed or not. That may just be a, a rumor out there. One of the other uh, pieces of work that you've done with this team, uh, Jamie and I talked about the the Summer Ball Summit that they have coming up, and and you created the the branding for that. That's an interesting project, and I understand that you're slated to be one of the the speakers there. 
can you can you tell me you know what that project means to you what it means to be involved with that and especially as the the guy who designed the the branding for it yeah i uh had was very fortunate enough to go to baseball winter meetings when i was working at minor league baseball and i think it's just a fantastic opportunity from from teams and individuals from across the country to come together and really feel like it's a collaborative effort uh i think there's a lot of industries out there in which um you have people not willing to share ideas or not willing to, you know, come together as one because they don't want ideas stolen. I think it was really, really powerful to have baseball winter meetings where it felt like an open-ended conversation where people are continually pushing each other. So this is hopefully, and hopefully it's reoccurring and it's annual, uh, an opportunity for college ball and indie ball teams to come together to do the same thing. And um, I, I, the brand was actually a, started as a secondary brand or a, a specialty night for like, I think it was going to be Springfield high fives and it's this swagged out Lincoln money theme. And it just made sense for this summer ball summit to kind of shift the brand towards that, where it's the movers and shakers and money makers of, of college ball. Uh, so really excited about the opportunity. And I hope there's some teams that can come together and maybe at this first year is a nice little trial run and it grows and it, moves east coast to west coast uh, on a yearly basis so that everybody feels like they have a chance to join but um we got wrestling hall of famers and gms and and hopefully curb brain media as well so i think it will be an excellent opportunity to at least uh connect with people that are in the same industry and, and love baseball yeah it seems like i was looking at the slate of of speakers and that's how i noticed that that you were on there and so that's pretty cool i the the branding was also I got I got a chuckle out of it because it's obviously it's obviously Lincoln on there because mm -hmm. you know the 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 beard the, he's got the telltale beard and the top hat, but at first glance there's sort of a double entendre to that top hat right because it's like you've mm -hmm. got like John Hodgman's deranged millionaire character with the top hat the Monopoly <laughs> millionaire right like that so that that top hat has sort of a double meaning in there it's got it's it's Lincoln but it's also the the sort of the the prototypical hat that a millionaire might wear so and it's yes. got. You know, and it's got Lincoln, you know, like you say, with the 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 gold chains with the dollar bill and he's holding a baseball that has a dollar sign on it. And so the idea of this blinged out Abe Lincoln uh, is is probably, you know, it's a funny juxtaposition to when you actually get down to the brass tacks of, of you know, the lower levels of minor league baseball. Yeah, but I also think you see people, you know, whether it's the fish sticks, uh, obviously Savannah, what they've done. I think there's a way that if people are outgoing and creative, I fully completely understand that there is no owners of these independent or college ball teams that are walking away just with pockets stuffed with cash. But <laughs> I think it really is. There are certain teams out there. When you look at the landscape, they're doing things right. Thinking about how to stay up with pop culture or identifying community events that they can do and, there's there's definitely money and there's definitely ways in which these teams can become something more than just a, a three months a year kind of program for college kids. I think that there's an opportunity and hopefully um, as the roster speakers and, and invitees kind of grows that people can learn how to maybe unlock things that they just didn't know was possible. Well, and I think that what you're speaking about there really rings true in the conversation that we're having right now, right? Like it's it's a relatively new phenomenon that collegiate summer level, independent level baseball teams are hiring high-end graphic designers, high-end branders to create, you know, these these identities for them. 
And, you know, I think that was something that was sort of reserved for affiliated teams, even, you know, higher level affiliated teams. And so the whole idea of building a brand, building an identity at this level of baseball is something that's really grown and teams are investing in things like brands and experiences and that sort of thing. Yeah. And don't want to be biased because obviously my my profession is is doing the the branding, but there is quite a number of teams out there that get clip art or they go the, hey, who wants to design our logo for free? And we'll give you all this publicity to the uh, right, right. A town the of 20, experience. yeah, 20,000 <laughs> people. And it's like, but, you know, there's just, there's different levels and we can have lots of conversation that goes beyond design of, of there's teams that don't even charge money to see games, which is their own way. But uh, folks sometimes don't see it as a business and other people don't want to put in the effort. But regardless, I think it's really interesting to see this evolution and this trickle down effect of what a triple A team might do, uh, like a Lehigh Valley and all the stuff they do, how that's now going into these small towns in Ohio or Nebraska that may not have had that ever before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometime we can have a whole side conversation about how unethical design contests are. So, oh, yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> no, let's not. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and talking again about this uh, this fun brand and the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, and then your work with the Summer Ball Summit. I know we've asked you this before. People probably know this already, and it'll be in the show notes. But where can people find you online? Uh, everywhere at Fuser Sports. Brand synergy. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Ryan, thanks so much. It's been great to talk to you again, and maybe we'll see you in October. Yes, appreciate it. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's time once again for Studio Simon Stumpers, your favorite segment on this podcast, my favorite segment on this podcast. I get to hang out with my friend Dan Simon of Studio Simon, noted baseball design luminary sports design superstar dan simon dan how are you i'm great especially upon hearing that hyperbole thank you very much you uh, are still wearing your george washington swinging an axe logo that you created for the fred nats because we've got a couple of president themed episodes in a row here this is the second one in a row last week was teddy roosevelt this week, of course, we're talking about the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, one of two Springfields that have baseball teams on Route 66, which is an interesting factoid that I like. There are 18 baseball teams on Route 66, and two of them are in towns called Springfield. That's not what we're talking about, though. That's my factoid for the day. We are talking about the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, obviously with a, uh, a heavy Abe Lincoln theme throughout their brand. So, Dan, hello. Nice to see you. Let's get to a Studio Simon Stumper here. Okay, here we go. So yes, uh, for the second week in a row, we are we do have a presidential theme. And so you mentioned this hat I'm wearing featuring a swinging George Washington. I literally have not taken this hat off since our last recording. <laughs> um, so um, so we're yeah, we're going to be talking about um, Honest Abe today. Um, a a high school teammate of mine, here's a shout out to Dalton Didis, who was the catcher on both the 2014 and 2016 Kentucky State Champ High School State Championship team, and a teammate of my son, Casey. Um, he played his college ball 
at Lincoln Memorial University in Harrogate, Tennessee. Have you ever heard of Lincoln Memorial University, Paul? I have not. Well, I had not either until Dalton went to play there. And now I'm very familiar with it, including knowing the name of their athletic teams. And that is going to be the subject of today's studio, Simon Stumper. All right. Are the Lincoln Memorial University athletic teams named A, the rail splitters, B, the presidents, or C, the emancipators? Mm. Rail splitters, presidents, or emancipators? This is the one, this is one where like, if this were wait, wait, don't tell me, I would go with rail splitters because at first glance, at first blush, it makes no sense to me. I don't know. I'm sure you're going to explain how come that name would be appropriate. And I'm guessing because I'm dismissing it immediately, it's probably the correct answer. Presidents is too boring for that to be the answer to your question. And uh, at the time of this recording, we're not too far off of, of Juneteenth, less than a month ago. So I'm going to go with Emancipators. So I think Rail Splitters, I don't, I don't understand why that would be the name. Presidents, I think, is too boring for you to bring that to me on Studio Simon Stumpers. And Emancipators sounds like the one. Well, when you were sussing that out, you it was strange because you were, you've said Rail Splitters first yeah then you eliminated it but then i think you said something about this this is probably the one yeah. but you're eliminating it anyway so it's what is the what's the rule of thumb in answering stumpers well if i can draw the connection right like so there's there's clearly some historical connection that i don't know about abe lincoln and rail splitting and so, you know, here I am admitting that on my podcast, and so I'm showing my ignorance about Abe Lincoln here. I don't know what the connection would be between Abe Lincoln and and rail splitters, or if there's a Lincoln Memorial University that's maybe not even named for Abe Lincoln, right? Like there's some there's some connection between Lincoln and rail splitting that I don't know. So I'm thinking, you know, probably the, this is the the pessimistic Philadelphia sports fan in me saying that's probably the answer because I don't think it's the answer. And I don't think it's presidents. And so by by default, that leaves like if I were betting my life savings on this, I might actually say rail splitters because that feels right. But I wouldn't have a reason to tell you why I thought it was rail splitters. So I'm going with emancipators because it's the one that I can actually draw a connection to most logically. I'm still I'm kind of confused here because if you were going to bet your <laughs> life savings you would have gone with rail splitters but you're not in this case don't okay Let what's me... more important studio signing stumpers <laughs> or your life savings you you know what you're right i'm going to change my answer i'm going to say rail splitters and then but then i know that if i say rail splitters you're going to say well why did you choose rail splitters and i would have to come up with some reason for why rail splitters was the right name that feels like the right answer to me you you don't have to you don't have to have yeah, a I know. I'm going because then if you've talked me out of emancipators and the answer is emancipators, then uh then I'm gonna be ashamed of myself for being weak. So I am because because I don't know why they would be called the rail splitters, I am saying emancipators. 
I gave you a chance there, Paul. <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. No matter how and many I knew times how this was going to go, <laughs> I, I I wasn't going to literally twist your arm, but uh, um, I I felt like I was sort of doing that, and you would not take the bait, which you should have taken, because the correct answer is rail splitters. Yeah. And I my know. understanding about why rail splitters is during his presidential campaigning, um, you, you know, one of the the um, the, the things about his campaign was he he's he was just a, a regular guy you know he was he was you know born in in rural Kentucky uh, lived in a log cabin as as he's famously known to have done and liter- and did um, you know born in a log cabin um, and you know splitting rails and building fences with you know axes and all all of that kind of stuff was you know, the kind of guy he, he was just living there. And, and he was not this, uh, he was not like Theodore Roosevelt, where, you know, a, a kind of an aristocrat family, um, he came from the country. So it was that, that's what that was all about. And that's, that's the reason for the name rail splitters. So um, with a, a, did you know, we'll finish up this segment again, as we did last time with the Did You Know, there were two other uh, uh, colleges or universities, actually they're both colleges as I'm looking at this, um, with named after Abraham Lincoln and that have athletic teams. There is a Lincoln Land Community College also in Springfield, Illinois, um, and they are known as the Lincoln Land Loggers. And... Then there is a Lincoln Trail College in, it's a community college in Robinson, Illinois, and they are known as the Statesmen. So that's why when I came up with three possible, na- well, two possible names and one real name, um, I put in presidents because you're going to name a, an athletic program's teams, the Statesmen. Why wouldn't you name them the presidents? There's other teams called the governors and mm-hmm. the senator. You know, they used to be the Washington senators. So why not the presidents? But mm-hmm. uh, you eliminated presidents pretty quickly. Although I thought that one was a, a very viable possibility there. So I think in in real life it would have been viable, but not as a potential answer in Studio Simon Stumpers. I, if the answer were presidents, there wasn't a good enough story for them to be called the presidents for you to have made that the, uh, the correct answer. Cause there's always some fun story about why these teams are called what they're called. And so, and you know, in retrospect, emancipators would not have been a great name for a, for a sports team either. So <laughs> I, sh- I should have gone with my gut, which was telling me rail splitters, but I just, I didn't, I couldn't tell you, you know, I couldn't explain the sussing to you. So I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just guess an answer and then not have an explanation, but Dan, Again, once again, this is why everyone loves this segment. We all we we learn something, we have fun, and we get to hang out with you wearing an almost comically oversized flat brimmed cap. <laughs> well, and uh, I got to think about what what I'm going to wear for the next one, and I might stick with the comically oversized hats, and we'll um, we'll have that'll give us something to talk about next time. So until then, I hope you have a great week, and I will see you on the next Studio Simon Stumper. See ya.